A reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armour of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak. Let us wait upon the Lord, in whose word is our hope. As we stand, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word of life to us in Scripture. And we pray now that you would send your spirit to bring your word alive in our hearts, that you might equip us to live more effectively for you in your mighty power and for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Please do be seated. So I've not been offered the Madonna microphone before, so you're going to have to bear with me as I get used to this uh, headpiece. Uh, But it really is lovely to be with you in person because I also have joined you, but I think by Zoom uh, uh, in the uh, days of of COVID. I won't mention that again, don't worry. Um, I'm sure you're fed up with it. Um, But it is really lovely to be able to be with you in person. And we had no idea, um, it being the busy time of the year, uh, start of term and everything, how many people uh, would come tonight. So um, I hope it's certainly a a great sign of life for me, but I hope it's also an encouragement for Mark um, and the church here. And uh, normally, um, at an in-person licensing um, uh, on site, uh, we would thank all of the those um, who've done uh, a huge amount of work uh, during a vacancy, but I don't think we got to do that, Um, so I think we can just say a whoop and a cheer uh, for the officers of the church, uh, because that's my opportunity to do so, because it wasn't the same on Zoom, you couldn't really cheer, could you? So I think you can do that to start with, is that all right? Yeah, should we do that now? You sure? 
Yeah, okay. Let's have a whoop and a cheer for them. So I'm so glad that Mark chose this passage of Ephesians as the Bible reading for this service this evening. Um, And he did say to me, um, you probably don't get asked uh, for this one very often at licensing, and he would be right. Um, uh, But I did ask him for a little bit more um, information about why he chose uh, this particular uh, piece of scripture. And um, uh, you might like to have the passage uh, in front of you. But as he explained that um, as important uh, for his ministry in a whole variety of different ways, it really resonated with me uh, that this was a very um, relevant and pertinent choice. Um, for this particular uh, type of service, um, and especially um, in the season of church life, I don't just mean in Eccles All, I mean for the nation, um, and perhaps more widely, uh, where we find ourselves uh, right now. Because Paul is writing to the saints in Ephesus, where he'd strategically chosen to plant a church, an important trade route, a place of significant economic importance, this was the kind of equivalent, not quite, um, of kind of careful strategic resource church identification from which to plant in Paul's day. And uh, he writes to a people of influence in a place of impact, we might say, and that means it's not without complexity. We might say that the opportunities before the Ephesian Christians weren't that dissimilar. They were certainly different, but they weren't that dissimilar in some ways to the opportunities for us here in this part of this significant city. And the challenges, perhaps, are therefore, no doubt, also a bit familiar There's nothing unsophisticated or naive about this letter. Some of you will know uh, this letter really well. In fact, the great New Testament scholar John Stott uh, described it as an epistle of prayer, an epistle of affirmation, and an epistle of evangelism. And I quite like that description if you think about the big themes, if you know it well. But as we come together to mark this moment as Mark properly becomes incumbent, if you like, in the fullest sense, as he exercises and continues to exercise his oversight ministry in this place tonight with the great support of Ali that I know uh, is absolutely central to all uh, that Mark uh, does uh, in his own life and ministry over many years. These categories seem to me superbly relevant for the ministry that he's already been exercising amongst you and also perhaps across the wider deanery as area dean and indeed the diocese. He's one of our senior leaders, if you like, uh, in that sense. But it's not just that. It's also his service to God through the Church of England for some years now. I'm not going to mention how many, don't worry. But he's certainly notched up some significant experience. And this he offers generously, and it is a significant resource. But in getting to know Mark a little bit over the time that he's been with us, 
I know that he recognizes that none of this is about himself. It's about another, one who is far greater. And it's this deep reliance on the one whose thoughts are not our thoughts, whose ways are not our ways, who does more than we can ask or imagine, which I think is at the heart of the ministry that Mark offers. So it's to him that Mark looks, and I believe that that's the reason for his choice of text this evening. So as we travel from Ephesus to Ecclesall, I want to take just a few moments, don't worry, you will um, have plenty of time for lovely refreshments afterwards, to help us think about three things which I hope will encourage you, Mark, and also the good people of All Saints in this next phase in this next part of the adventure of ministry in the coming years. And they are power, prayer, and promise. Power, prayer, and promise. So first, power. The message paraphrase, which many of you may be familiar uh, with, it's not a direct translation, but Eugene Peterson uh, was faithful, I think, to Scripture in the way that he sought to um, uh, offer that um, uh, interpretation. He puts it like this. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so that you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. At the recent Lambeth Conference, Archbishop Justin, who led us superbly at various particular points throughout the 13-day experience with more than 650 bishops from all over the world and many of their spouses said in his final keynote address, The church is not another NGO. It is God's chosen means of shining light in the darkness. And I quote, The church united is not merely a help to the world. It's a sign of salvation for the transformation of the world. The church humble and hospitable, generous and full of love, is not just a nice thing to have in society, it points to the kingdom of heaven. The church, salt and light, courageous in prophetic utterance, gracious yet clear, is not just another NGO, it is God's chosen means of shining light into darkness. You see, the opposition we face in being the church called to witness to Christ in overcoming every sin and evil of this broken world by his death and resurrection, that opposition's considerable. And you may well know that. You may have some battle scars. I know I have. But... He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We minister in the power of God 
in the name of Jesus Christ. The power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. We may offer many good and worthy activities, but it must be all through the power of Christ, to which there will be opposition. Notice that the Archbishop spoke of the church in unity. It's a powerful thing when Christians stand shoulder to shoulder in love as a witness to the love of God in the world. People notice we live in a broken and divided world, don't we? And in that broken world, it's, it's like hearing a, a theme tune in the background of our lives inviting us home. It's a call for people to belong because there is a God who loves them, even if they don't know that yet. It's deeply attractive, but we need God's help. The opportunities for witness and mission in this mission area are very significant, among the most significant in our diocese, I might say. I don't say that to load you up with guilt or worry or pressure. It's because it's true. God has given much in this place. But that mission will be deeply challenged on a daily basis, which is why the power of God is needed. And the power of God isn't something that we can conjure or contain. It's available to us through God's Holy Spirit because the same God who raised Jesus from the dead is at work in his church today. Do we believe that? Do we really believe it? Are we sure? You can speak a bit louder if you want. I know it's a Monday evening in September. But it's just so easily forgotten, friends, isn't it? So easily forgotten because the things that we, the burdens that we carry and the complexities uh, that we face are very real. But it's so transformative when it's grasped. It means we can approach each and every situation that we face in the power and the name of Jesus. Every single one. Every conversation with a friend. Every uh, task in our work lives. Every opportunity with a neighbour. The dunamis, the dynamite of God is available to us through our anointed King Jesus and his Holy Spirit. This is life and death stuff. That's what Paul's saying in this passage. And I could tell stories of how I know this to be true, but I suspect that you have your stories too. So he is powerful, is the first thing I wanted to remind us of tonight. Which leads me on to the second one, which is prayer. The access to the power of God is so often available to us through prayer, I know you have a very um, uh, big commitment and passion for prayer in this place. Yes, the regular daily discipline um, is so important. But again, it's, there are so many tools that are offered to us uh, by this means. Again, the message puts it like this. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Far more. So take all the help you can, every weapon God has issued, truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation. They're more than words. You'll need them throughout your life. 
In a speech given last year, Pope Francis said, the church has one essential task. I don't know if you remember him saying this. It was quite well covered in the newspapers. One essential task, to pray and to teach how to pray. Such wise words. If prayer ceases, he says, the church has become like an empty shell that's lost its bearings, no longer possesses its source of warmth and love. And one of the key things that I suspect that Mark values and longs for the church to grow in here, just from the little I know him, is a deepening life of prayer for himself, but also for you, dear folks, and even those who don't yet know him in this place. It's a primary lifeline for growing closer to Jesus and becoming more like him. It's the only real way to get to know him more and his love for us, to receive that love for ourselves. And if that makes you feel a bit uncomfortable or that hasn't been how prayer has worked for you up to now, then if you find yourself longing that it be so, that may just be God's invitation into a deeper intimacy with himself, even this night. He knows you. He knows if your heart's gone cold, you lost your first love, or you're not really quite sure that you have that kind of personal knowledge of his love for you. And this isn't about personality preferences. There's many different ways to pray, and it's a very rich uh, number of possibilities that we can inhabit when we come to prayer. But this is about harnessing the power of God for effective, fruitful ministry. Not in a functional way, because, but because we live out of that relationship of love. As I said, God has blessed you here with much and many opportunities, even if it doesn't always look like it or feel like it to you. And my prayer is that as you continue to pray in the power of God through the name of Jesus, as Mark continues to lead you in that, together with the wider team here, both lay and ordained, that he'll guide and lead you into new opportunities, some of which you don't even know yet. And that even where they feel challenging or potentially uncomfortable, or we haven't done that before, or we tried it in 1955 and it didn't go very well, but even so, that you may have the strength and the courage to go for it. Yes, in a discerning way. I'm not talking about foolhardiness. Which leads to my final point. Power, prayer, and lastly, promise. With all that's going on in the world right now, politically, today, even, environmentally, socially, and even theologically, it can be easy to feel overwhelmed and preoccupied with our own smallness. But God has chosen and called you, dear friends, each and every one, and blessed you with much. But still, you're not immune from the challenges and hardships of life. That's partly why I suspect your wise pastor has chosen this text for tonight. As he knows this all too well, not just in his oversight role, 
but also as area dean within our diocese. And we trust that God will continue to lead us here together in Sheffield, just as he has done so far, but also as he calls us to go. So Mark's a member of the Archbishop's College of Evangelists, a group of folks who feel very committed and are uh, particularly um, equipped, perhaps, to share the gospel, often in words, but on the basis of the words of the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's still the call at the heart of the ministry we celebrate tonight and into which all of us are invited. We call it being a light for Christ in the world here in Sheffield and later we'll be reminded of those words in our service. But we do so against the words of promise that come after that statement. I am with you to the very end of the age. Paul reminds us tonight that we are deeply dependent on the power of God. He reminds us that prayer is the way to life in God. But the promise is that the God who calls us, who is faithful to the end, invites us to keep company with him as we go. We are never alone and he will never fail nor forsake us. So friends, I don't know whether you're going through something difficult tonight or whether your love has grown cold or whether you've been dealing with a disappointment or perhaps even an injustice in your life, past or present. If you are, let me remind you how easy it is for those things to separate us and to lead us to ignore the power, the prayer and the promise. So instead, and even if that's not you, why not see this evening as a kind of marker in the sand? That whatever the past has been, to say yes to God and to welcome afresh his power through prayer and to receive again his promise that he is indeed with us in this stage of life, for now, for this people here at All Saints, and that he will be with us, every single one of us, to the very end of the age. Amen.